watching you. All right, recording's in progress. So we're gonna talk about hypertension. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is because a bit of a soapbox issue for me, especially inpatient. Um, and so that's kind of what we'll be covering here. I know this is supposed to be more ambulatory, but the last session was, so. Okay, so this is the case. 54-year-old with hypertension comes into walk-in <laughs> clinic, has a blood pressure of 230 over 115. Nice. Mm. Oh, no. What do we do? Yes. About symptoms. Look at the size. Look at if he's Manual. on medication and not taking it. Yeah. yeah, think about medications, think about past medical history, think about what sort of machine is taking this information. Okay, recheck it. I would recheck it manually. Make sure the cost size is okay. Yeah, blood pressure size. Yep, history is good. Um, so this is what I want your response to be when you see a blood pressure that high, just calm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is not what we're going for, especially in the hospital okay? <laughs> when the nurse calls you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to define these things real quick. Um, we'll talk about these three questions of hypertension. I'll apply them and then know when to send to the ER. This is sort of ambulatory, a little bit of. Okay, okay so urgency and emergency. What's the what's the separating factor here? So that's what we need to know. That's what our questioning should be about. So when we're asking about symptoms, we're looking for symptoms that might be indicative of end organ damage. What end organs can be damaged? Brain, kidneys, lungs, liver, eyes, everything else. I don't know about skin. It's bad enough. Oh, gut. <laughs> Vascular disease causes skin things, not acutely, but more, that was a stretch. <laughs> okay, so what's the time frame? What's your target as far as blood pressure is concerned? And then what tool are you going to use to achieve this target? So time frame, do we want to lower it in hours? No, I'll lower it over days. So when do we want to lower it over hours? Emergency. Yes. Okay. Well, it's called an emergency. Life-threatening. Organ-threatening. This is why we want to lower it within hours. Um, this is probably not going to happen in clinic. <laughs> okay. um, there are a few urgencies that you might want to consider lowering in the clinic with like clonidine or something, but for the most part, well, if they have end organ damage, you know, I give them a clonidine and send them off to the hospital, uh, but you're definitely going to send them off to the hospital. You're not gonna just monitor them here in the clinic because it's an emergency. So lowering over days is for everybody else, right? No, it's for everybody else. Okay, especially old people. Old people, when you lower them down too quickly, have strokes. <coughs> That's bad. Yes. Okay. So consider this in the hospital. You have somebody, 
that you get called about and have a super high blood pressure, you got to think, what are they here for? Okay. Are they here for some cardiac or stroke purpose, in which case maybe I do want to treat? Or are they here for hypertensive emergency, in which case maybe I do want to treat rapidly? Or is it somebody who just had a surgery and they're in tons of pain? Or is it somebody who's just like really anxious about something? You know, if they're not here for a cardiac stroke or just strictly hypertensive emergency reason, most of the time you want to focus on every other symptom that could be increasing their blood pressure. Address those things. Make sure they're on their home blood pressure medications if they are on any. But we probably shouldn't be adjusting their home blood pressure medications or adding new ones, except in the instances of things like heart attack, heart failure, maybe stroke, really post-stroke. Um, but even that is after the first 24 hours, right? Those initial 24 hours are just gonna let them behind. So we already talked about this. The reason why is because relative hypotension causes endorphin damage, which is what we're trying to avoid in the first place. Very not good. Okay, so initial goal, if you're gonna be adjusting it rapidly, would be to get it under 160 over 100, um, but you don't wanna do more than 25% over the first two to four hours. So again, this is those rare instances, least outpatient that you're gonna be doing this. And again, most of the time in the hospital too, unless it's an emergency. Emergency, lower down quickly. Give them big dose of IV medication. Not emergency, take a breath, think about what's going on. Don't give them IV medication. And then the tool, this is kind of obvious, but um, if the time frame is quick and you need an oral medication, so this might be somebody in the clinic has a known aortic dissection, for instance, they're not actively dissecting, so they don't have the chest pain, but their blood pressure is way above goal. And if you don't do something about it, they're going to start dissecting more, and then it'll be an emergency. This might be somebody that you give them clonidine in the clinic and make them sit here for a couple hours to make sure their blood pressure goes down, in which case, I think we have clonidine here. Capsaril is another short-acting you know, medications. You got to keep them here and watch them, though, because right? you're doing something that could adversely affect them, or it might not work, and then they develop chest pain, and you're like, oh, goodness, it's probably in an emergency now, in which case we need to. Okay. Um, if the time frame's days, you need to know different scenarios. So... If they're just non-compliant, they're supposed to be on blood pressure medication, but they're not taking their blood pressure medication for whatever reason, well, you probably just need to restart their blood pressure medications and reevaluate. Or if they're taking their blood pressure medications, maybe they just had a giant salt load or something like that. Or, or, or maybe their medications just aren't good enough and you need to increase them if that's an option or add a new one. Um, starting a diuretic is something you can do if they're not compliant with their salt intake, like hydrochlorothiazide, 
decreases your serum sodium concentration. Maybe that's helpful. Certainly going to be helpful for the blood pressure. Um, if they've never been treated before, but you have that track history of, oh yeah, every year their blood pressure's high and they go to Walmart sometimes and check their blood pressure there. And every time it's, it's checked there, it's also high, you know, 160s, 170s. You can start them on one or two medications, depending on how high it is. I don't think there's a strict cutoff. Um, if they're just in the 140s, don't go crazy and start two medications, just start one. But if they're constantly in the 160s, 170s, definitely if they're in the 180s and up, maybe start two medications instead of just one. Um, if they were old, 65 and up, probably be more inclined to just start them on a low dose of one medication. Because again, you're trying to avoid that relative hypotension. Chronic hypertension is chronic, chronically in that range. This is not something you have to change quickly. Um, and then follow up with them in a couple of days. Maybe it's just a phone call, a little message, something. Make sure they're okay. Um, and then, you know, in a week or two, you can think about increasing it. And maybe even in a couple of days, depending on what medication you choose to use. Yeah. I missed this. Is this more outpatient context? You know, I started this lecture thinking it was more inpatient context, but it is outpatient. I was completely wrong. Second question. So the time frame applies if they check their own blood pressure or know whether they run high or low. Because what do you mean by time frame? Like how long have they been running high? No, if if your time frame for lowering their blood pressure is hours. So if you're if it's if this is a lady with a known aortic dissection, she's not actively dissecting, but her blood pressure is super high and it needs to come down now within a few hours, then I'm gonna give her clonity. If it's pardon? Yeah. Okay. Right, because she's not having chest pain, blood pressure or Blood pressure is high, but everything else is okay. She doesn't have any symptoms. Her blood pressure is just 200 over 100. So she needs to be lowered quickly because she's got an aortic dissection. Take days to lower that one. She may dissect more and end up in the hospital. She has a past medical history of one. In this patient that you made up. In this patient I made up. <laughs> um, how, so if you don't know if it's urgency or emergency, basically you're waiting for labs to tell you either one, um, unless there's symptoms, yeah. Um, are you sending them home or having them eat um, until the lab results come out? Well, what are you imagining is happening? I'm imagining I see a patient here and their blood pressure is like 10 over 60. I'm like, oh, that's really high. Um, and I don't know if they have, they, they don't say they have any symptoms from it. And I get some labs and I get those back like the next day or something. And I go like, oh, wow, you're, you have an AKI. Um, and you know it's an AKI? 
Yeah, that seems like a rare circumstance. Um, I'm just saying, like, how do you classify um, the emergency versus urgency quickly? Symptoms or not? Okay. Yeah, because at that point, you've got to rule out that it's an emergency. Um, and that's the only quick way to do it. And in that case, then you wouldn't be having them here doing the captopriloclonidine. You've already sent them to the ER. I mean, it takes time for instead so of show up and then once they're here to get them over there. Gotcha. So yeah, I think it would be very reasonable to give them. I hesitate just because I'm a little skeptical that the ER doc. I feel like every time I see it, the ER doctors just tank their blood pressure. And that's a little hard for me to like say, oh yeah, I should give them blood pressure meds here and then send them. I guess it's not really your fault, but still. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? You send like, the ER and they're like, let's give them this much of IV whatever three times. And you're like, oh. Like whenever we get one of these admitted, I feel like often I'll look at the chart and see what their blood pressure was and see that they gave them like, you know, several doses of IV meds and then drop their blood pressure down to 120 over yeah. whatever. And I'm like, whoa, I hope their brain's okay. <laughs> yeah. So sending them, like having already given them something is a little bit scary. So how might you... I guess like with the aortic dissection, that. that makes perfect sense to me. Like, gotta get it down now. But you have your MA call and give them a heads up and saying, I have given them this. Yeah. So anytime I send somebody to the ER, that's generally what I do is I call the charge nurse and talk to them. I guess that's all you can do. Yeah. So Marin, you asked if this was inpatient or outpatient. I do, I do want you to think about this inpatient as well. Right. The idea of, of timing. Is it important to actually get this patient's blood pressure down in hours? Or can we do this over a period of days? That's that's one question. And maybe even before that, the question should be: is this actually a blood pressure issue or is this a pain issue? or an anxiety issue or a delirium issue or some other issue that can be addressed totally separately. So that's always my question when the nurse calls me with a high blood pressure. Are they in pain? Do they seem agitated? Are they anxious? Is there like, is there something going on that might be causing their blood pressure to be high? Um, are they on home blood pressure medications that I didn't restart for whatever reason that I just need to put back on? Um, but even then, the answer is to put the blood pressure medicines back on, mo most likely. You know, if there's not something else that's stopping you from doing that, like an AKI, you wouldn't want to restart their Olmosartan. But you know, if that was fine, you'd restart their Olmosartan. Um, what I don't want you to do is say, oh, blood pressure is super high. They're totally cool, calm, sitting in bed, no problems at all. I'm going to give them IV labetalol when you should have just restarted the, the, the Losartan. What do you, this is more of just like a management question than anything. How do you feel about when nurses call you, you know, and it's 
four in the morning and their blood pressure is high and their blood pressure meds are due at seven. And they say, can we give whatever, whatever early? Okay, you don't care. I usually don't. It's just like, oh, they probably, this, this, the only reason we know about this is because you're checking it, you're checking it right now. My blood pressure would be high because you're checking my blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, also, I mean, if you think about their medicine, that's probably, it probably when it's running out. Yeah. Right. 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 So it's like, <laughs> we're just going to, you know, what happened to you versus like next day. I guess my question is like <laughs> it's not worth it's just not worth the like we can just wait two hours it's not a big deal just like sure give it to him it's not like, yeah. Okay, yeah give it to him okay perfect that's usually what I do yeah and then why don't we why don't we adjust their blood pressure medications again with the with except for the exceptions Somebody who comes in with an instemi or heart failure when we're changing their whole directed medical therapy, um, especially in older patients, you adjust their lisinopril while they're in the hospital because blood pressure is high. They go home and they become hypotensive <laughs> because you know, they were in the hospital. They're getting woken up in the middle of the night. They're getting poked. They're getting, they're sick. Like they have all these reasons to have a high blood pressure and it's not hypertension that's causing it. Yeah. Or they're eating more salt. On that same note, I had a patient at the hospital that has white coat hypertension. Mm -hmm. Like her log at home is like one twenty. Okay. But then she literally was like two hundreds. After a PCP, but I didn't really know how to manage her well. In the hospital? She's going to continue to be in the hospital until possibly could continue to have 200 blood pressure. She also had COVID. So, what is white coat syndrome or hypertension? Anxiety yeah. response. Right. I, think that's, I think that's what I would address. And that sounds like a really big jump for white coat hypertension. If that's what to go from 120s to 200s. Yeah, but I mean, if you do that. If it's truly that, though, it's an anxiety issue. Though. Yeah, and you would think if you have a white coat from being in the clinic, how much more stressful is it being in the hospital? Awesome. So it actually makes a lot of sense. And having someone wake you up every four hours. Every time. I'd be mad about that, too. Right. But... I would ask the questions like, is she in the hospital for a heart issue? Is she in the hospital for a stroke issue? Because if she is, I need blood pressure medication. Well, the nurses will freak out. Oh, yeah, the nurses will freak out. And so that's, that's, that helps, right? Because you don't want to give them IV labetalol. You can say, okay, how about we give them something for anxiety? <laughs> Start them on benzos. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we could give them some IV Ativan. Aren't we? Are we still out of IV of Ativan in the hospital? That's I checked. We were out of IV last time. Yeah, last I Okay, IV Valium. Be easier to take from. Oh, Ativan. Let's get them. Get them. Don't think we're used to. How do you feel about PRNs for high blood pressure? Don't do it. It shouldn't be ordered. If you order them, they're going to use them. Don't order them. You shouldn't be using them. 
the only time we should order that is like part of a stroke protocol. Stroke protocol. Maybe preeclampsia. Yeah, preeclampsia. Like somebody who's in there septic with pneumonia, even if their blood pressure is super high, they should not be getting PRM blood pressure medications. Somebody with a small bowel obstruction. The issue is not their blood pressure more than likely. The issue is that they're in pain and they're vomiting. And you're checking their blood pressure while they're retching into a bag. <laughs> of course, it's going to be high. But yeah, I, I never order PR and blood pressure medications with it, um, outside of those few exceptions. Even with parameters. Even with parameters, because what should your, your parameters should not just be numbers. It should be symptoms. It should be symptoms and have you tried all of these other things to address their other issues first and so I want the nurse to, it's annoying but I want the nurse to call me mm -hmm. and me be able to make a decision rather than what a lot of the overnight hospitalists do which is yeah. IV and PO PRN blood pressure medication so they don't get called in the middle of the night exactly yes yeah. and and we do it too it's not just the hospitals There are specific reasons to have blood pressure medication, and there are specific reasons for PRN ones. And uh, parameters is usually not good enough. It's good enough in preeclampsia. It's good enough in a protocol. But even, even then, it's not just the numbers. It's the fact that they have preeclampsia. It's the fact that they had a stroke. It's mm -hmm. the fact that they have a dissection. There's a lot more to it than just a number. Right. So if you think it's hypertensive emergency, just go to the ER. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 okay.